Hello lovely single mums and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be discussing a very important family law topic which I wish we didn't have to talk about but unfortunately we do and that is what happens if a parent breaches court orders around arrangements for children whose parents are separated. My name is Lucy Good and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a broadcast a blog that covers everything for your single mother journey, a light-hearted Facebook group called The Single Mum Vine, where we focus on the good parts of single motherhood, my You've Got This Single Mum e-course, as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways, and it can all be found on my website, beanstalkmums.com.au. But for this podcast about the stress of breached court orders and how to deal with them, I'm talking to Eustacia Yates from the brilliant team at New Way Lawyers. Before I let Eustacia come on and share her knowledge with us, I'm going to tell you a bit about her. She's a family lawyer with a depth of practical experience and technical knowledge that is perfectly balanced with her warmth, comfort and humour, all of which makes her a leading lawyer for matters of separation, divorce and domestic violence, and also brilliant for this podcast episode. She works as a managing lawyer at Australia's first non-profit law firm, New Way Lawyers, and being a non-profit firm, New Way are able to genuinely care about the people they represent more than profit, which is one of the many reasons that we love working with them. Eustacia, welcome to the Beanstalk podcast. Hello, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. No, well, thank you for coming on because I know it's a particularly busy time for you, but I, I really wanted to discuss this topic because I put a call out onto the Single Mum Vine Facebook group, which has got nearly 22,000 single mums on it. And I asked the question, what do you need advice about when it comes to family law? And unfortunately, one of the questions was this. It was, um, what do I do if my ex breaches a court order um so that's a bit sad isn't it really that we have to Mm. to discuss it it must come up a lot in what you're doing it does come up a lot and it's very frustrating for clients you know they've often gone to the um trouble and expense and time consuming stress of of reaching an agreement or or getting an order and only to have it um breached and yes that's a very frustrating experience for parents yeah, we often have people come onto the group and say, hey, I finally got the court orders approved. They're mm. all signed and it's a real sense of relief. Um, mm. Obviously, at that stage, they haven't even, it hasn't crossed their mind that uh, things can still go wrong from there on in. Mm. Um, and that's mm. what we're going to be talking about today to try and help those people. So if there's any mums out there who are experiencing this problem, carry on listening because we're going to talk you through what to do if a court order is breached. Um, Are you ready for my questions, Eustacia? I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, let's go. (laughs) So as you just mentioned, actually, a lot of time, energy and money goes into preparing court orders to ensure both parents have something solid to work with, yet they can still be breached. Can you tell us some common scenarios you've seen through your work at New Way Lawyers? Mm. Well, thank you for that question because it is something that comes up 
quite often. Um, and as we've already identified, it's actually very frustrating for parents. I think there's that sense of um, relief, almost as if you've crossed the finish line when you get that order mm -hmm. or that parenting plan in your hand. Um, and as you say, it doesn't quite cross people's minds that it might not all go according to the plan or according mm. to the orders. Mm. Um, what we see most often um, is perhaps, um, look, sometimes it's quite a deliberate contravention um, in the sense that people are aware that there are orders in place, but for some reason they've decided not to comply with them. And sometimes it happens quite um, inadvertently because there's some confusion about the interpretation of those orders and how they should be applied in practice. So the approach that you might take to dealing with those can be a bit different. Um, the sorts of things we see quite often are um, confusion, for example, around, well, I thought I had to return them at this time, but if you read the whole of the orders, it actually meant that I had to return them you know, last, uh, sorry, in, in a few days time. Mm. So there's um, a lack of understanding perhaps around um, when changeover is going to occur. Um, it might be that um, one parent struggles with an addiction of some sort um, and that perhaps is a new circumstance and so suddenly someone's wondering whether it's safe to send the children to the other parent um, or perhaps they've had a relapse of some kind. Um, it might be that a parent's personal circumstances have changed um, and so they've decided that the orders are no longer appropriate and they're just going to enforce a different scenario. Um, so there can be all kinds of different reasons why these things happen. Mm, yeah, I'm sure you've seen it all um, in your line <laughs> of work there. Um, do you think that most parents have a full understanding of the importance of the orders when they actually agree to them? Or do you think some people are just going through such a massive change in their life and possible emotional turmoil that they don't really grasp the importance of sticking to what they're agreeing to? I think certainly that can happen. Um, if you've been through family law um, proceedings, um, and I know I have, I'm a single parent, um, the stress of the situation and the urgency that you feel to be out of that situation mm. can often lead people to um, think short term rather than long term. And it's not unusual for people to get out of the situation, sit down, look at the orders, and then perhaps get a bit of a fright about what they've agreed to um, in the sense of how that's practically going to play out. So it is very important that people think through, um, I guess, strategically and long-term, the kinds of things that might come up um, and whether they can in fact um, comply with them. I think sometimes the court can be a somewhat informal place on occasion. Um, it's meant to be formal, but I think most practitioners would agree it's probably less formal than perhaps some of the other courts. Um, and I don't know whether it's because of that or because family is such a common experience um, that people don't always um, appreciate that what, what they're agreeing to is going to be turned into an order mm. that if they don't comply with, they could end up, you know, being jailed for not complying. Yeah, I suppose it does seem really weird to think that because if you're a parent and you 
control is maybe not the right word, but you do have this level of control over how you parent your children and mm. having somebody else step in and say, no, you can't do it like this. You have to do it like that. And that mm. being the family law court just is such a weird thing. It's so unnatural, isn't it? So I can it understand is. where people do struggle mm. with it. So my mm. next question for you, and this is a big question. Can you talk us through the steps to take if the other parent breaches court orders? And I'm not talking herring round to their house and banging on their front door and shouting <laughs> at them or sending them rude text messages here. Yeah, that's never I'm, plan A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we all can do that. We all know how to do that. I'm talking about a careful, considered approach, which is what I know that you're all about at New Way Lawyers and how you try to help your clients. Mm, certainly. And look, I can understand that feeling. I can understand the emotion of it. Um, and there's nothing that raises our emotions more than what's happening to our children, mm. right? So, um, but I always say to my clients, look, if you can, let's make that plan, plan B and let's talk about a different plan as our first first course of action so um essentially um there are a range of things that you can do and it will kind of depend to some extent on the reason why the breach has occurred um, i think the first step is always to seek legal advice um, because you need to know exactly what what you're working with are we talking about a contravention where the child has been taken and they're on their way to the airport and they're to be flown out of the country or was it a contravention where they were half an hour late being returned um, from changeover i mm. mean depending on the contravention the course of action will be quite different and the time frames too um, within which the response must occur are different so talk to a lawyer. That's the first thing. Um, and there are certainly lots of um, free legal services around. Um, I know our firm offers uh, Lunch with a Lawyer, um, which is a, a Facebook um, group that you can join to get some um, urgent legal advice. Um, but the question um, needs to be, what exactly is the contravention? And what are the consequences of it? Um, and that will determine the response that's made. It may be the case that you choose to take very little action other than perhaps an email to the other person saying, hey, you know, this has happened. Um, that's not really in line with the order. Um, you know, I'm just noticing that and ask that you please make more of an effort to return them on time. Um, or it might be that you need a full blown application um, straight to the court duty judge that afternoon. Yeah. And, and I mean, you talk about it, the contravention application, maybe that afternoon. How long does it usually take to get that in? Well, these days um, you will need to go to a mediation before right. making an application mm -hmm. to the court unless it is urgent uh, or there's some other relevant exemption. So that would be if there's a risk of family violence or there's been some sort of abuse that has occurred. There might be circumstances where someone's unable to participate effectively um, in, in a conference, a mediation. So that would be an exemption. Um, or if we think, and you would have to talk to a lawyer about this, um, 
But if there are reasonable grounds to think that the person who's contravened has behaved in a way that, that shows serious disregard for their obligations under that order, um, then that, that may constitute an exemption. Um, but you would need yeah. legal advice about that. So the next step would be to attend a family dispute resolution conference of some sort, a mediation or, or a conference. And once you've done that, I mean, a lot can be accomplished at the mediations. Um, you know, we've seen a rise in, in the number of mediations that occur um, and the quality of the practitioners who are um, providing and facilitating those those mediations because once you've had the mediation you'll either reach an agreement in which case the matter's resolved or you won't and in that circumstance the mediator will issue a certificate and you will need that certificate in order to make an application to the court yeah okay so what I'm hearing here is that um, really it's quite a long process to take it into the court so unless oh, yes. it's a really serious contravention that is going to risk the child's safety or something like that if it's something smaller it is much better to try and work it out between yourselves if at all possible definitely because um, you're sort of jumping back onto that uh, into that circuit where you have to go through the mediation and it's very likely you've already done that so it, anything that's to avoid right. that but if if you do need that help it is there and that's how it works and the mediation is great and I'm really pleased to hear that there's a rise in positive outcomes from it because really it's at that point that people can avoid going into court and taking it that extra mm. step further where it can get really messy. Um, mm. So what kind of consequences might people expect if they do continually breach a court order around the, ch the care of their children or their child? Mm. Well, there are two kinds of um, applications that can be made to the court, contravention application or an enforcement application. So if the court does have to get involved, there are a range of possible consequences depending on the sort of application that's made. So it might be, for example, that the court makes an order for makeup time um, that one parent or the child has missed with one particular parent. Uh, it might be an order that um, one or both of the parents attend a, a parenting education program, such as a post-separation parenting program. No doubt your listeners will be familiar with those. Mm. Uh, it might be that a fine is imposed um, or a person is required to enter into a bond um, to do certain things for a period of up to two years. For example, um, attending counselling um, or being of good behaviour, for example. Uh, sometimes if the breach is sufficiently serious, um, there might be a term of imprisonment imposed um, for up to 12 months. Uh, and of course, if someone is obliged to make an application to the court, it's always possible that the parent who has contravened will be required to pay um, the other parent's costs for having to go to court. So there are quite a range of um, consequences, some of which um, are very serious and would have a, you know, a hugely detrimental impact. Yeah. In your experience, have you seen these parenting programs really help at this stage? Definitely. Definitely. Really? That's good to know. Um, mm, mm. I, I, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I'm a big believer in education and mm -mm. the more that you can learn about a subject, the better you will handle that subject. Um, and that includes um, things like parenting because we can all um, know someone who is a parent or, um, you know, we might be a parent ourselves or we've got a sister or, because it's so common 
it's one of those things where I think everyone thinks there's something of an expert. And to some extent, no one knows your kids better than you do, but it is also a set of skills that you can learn um, in terms of, of parenting. And not only can you get skills to listen better to your kids and understand their needs more, um, you can also gain skills in communicating more effectively with the other parent um, who might be particularly difficult to communicate with. They might um, have an addiction or a personality disorder, or maybe they're just really self-centered, um, which is quite common <laughs> no, as well. No, no, <laughs> surely not. <laughs> yeah, that, that comes up from time to time. Yeah. Um, and, and so learning specific skills to know how to interact with someone who's like that can actually mm. bring a lot of resolution and peace to what might otherwise just be a very frustrating situation. So I think those sorts of courses are brilliant, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's great to know um, because I sometimes I look and think, is a parent, will a parenting course really help at this stage? But it's interesting, and you would know as well yourself as a single parent, that changing from being a partnered parent to becoming a single parent oh, is my a whole goodness. new set of skills as well, it's isn't it? It's a whole new thing. Mm. It really is. I mean, I always say, you know, people never made that that much uh, seeked for parenting manual. But um, and so we've got a lot longer to wait for the single parenting manual to be published. I don't think it will come out in our lifetime. We just sort of feeling our way in the dark, aren't we? As single mums. I think that is such an excellent point, Lucy, because it's so difficult for people Um, particularly um, the parent who has been the one to sort of take that mental responsibility for organising the appointments, for organising the stuff at school, for all of those sorts of things that the law will say, once you are separated, you now have to communicate with the other parent about. And it can be quite a big adjustment to go from, well, I've done it all myself up until this point. You're now saying I have to consult this person who never really needed to be consulted before you know that that's quite a big adjustment yeah it's hugely difficult to let go of that control and I see it a lot on my group but I can also mm. re- remember it vividly when I first separated from my yes. husband which was I think about eight years ago now um, and mm. uh, you, you do learn but yes it is a learning process so I can see where a course or some sort of program could come in and help at that stage. So mm. let's spin it on its head a bit because I know there are times when we ourselves might consider breaching a court <laughs> order if we feel very strongly that it's the only option for our child's mm. well-being or safety. So what's your advice to any single mothers who are listening who are finding themselves in a situation where they want to breach a court order but mm. no they shouldn't? Mm. Well, <laughs> again, I can, un- I can sympathise with the um, emotion of it, um, but again, it's important to remember that this is a court order and breaching mm. it is a serious thing um, in the same way that breaching any other order um, is a very serious thing. So sometimes what I hear is people saying, oh, well, you know, I didn't send them because they didn't want to go, so how am I supposed to deal with that? Um, and so I think it's good... Um, just to remind listeners about how an order can be contravened, um, which includes making no reasonable attempt to comply with the order. So sometimes mm. people say, well, look, you know, I just won't do anything. And it, it's almost as if it's a, it's a breach by omission. Um, and they, yes. you know, if they haven't actually done something, then it shouldn't be a problem, but it can be a problem. So um, you, you need to make an intentional effort to comply 
with the order. So if, if your child is saying, I don't want to go, you have to really bring the same energy and persuasion and force to bear that you would to make them go to school. Um, so you really do need to comply. If you are considering not complying for some reason, definitely talk to a lawyer first because there may in fact be a reasonable reason why, why you wouldn't comply with an order. Um, it's what we call having a reasonable excuse. Um, and so if, if an application is made to the court, they will first of all decide whether a breach or a contravention has occurred. And then they will consider whether there has been a reasonable excuse um, for, that, for that breach. So um, examples of reasonable excuses that may satisfy a court um, would include that the person didn't properly understand the obligations imposed by the order, like it might be a genuine mistake, for example. Um, it could be um, that the person reasonably believed, not just, you know, unreasonably believed, but reasonably believed that um, the contravention was necessary to protect the child, um, to protect their health and safety. Mm. Um, or it didn't, for example, last longer than was necessary to protect the health and safety. Right. So yes. you might decide, well, at changeover, he's or she's clearly um, under the influence of something. It wouldn't be safe to send the child today, but I will send them once yes. they're, you know, um, of sober mind again. So it, it will depend on whether there's a reasonable excuse or not. But what I find in practice is that what's reasonable excuse at law is often quite different to what... Um, what we people believe. might think yes. <laughs> thank you yes so please talk to a lawyer yes and because we'll let you know when we're, what your planning is yeah when you're right in the middle of a situation you often can't see out of it can you um to so see true. whether you're being so reasonable true. or not and yes as a single mm. mother as i'm sure you can you can understand you stacia sometimes mm. you're in these situations and your situations and you're so alone um and you perhaps don't want to talk to anybody mm. about it so you you get you get what the situation in your head you believe it totally the way you want to believe it the way you want to see it so without yes. intervention from anybody even sometimes just talking to a friend just to get somebody else's point of view and to let it all out and to lay it down can help rather than being stuck in your head like you know he's he's wrong and i'm right and not yes. being able to see it any other way but um but what i what i will um reiterate here is it's really important to get professional advice and um, be definitely because <laughs> great to chat to a friend and let it all out um but sometimes um, a friend can be very well-meaning but won't give you the right advice that's going to be the right steps for you moving forward in terms of family law mm. i spend so, a lot of my time um reframing some of the um, advice that my clients yeah. have received from their friends <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is it really is well-meaning uh, a good friend is. is not gonna is not gonna come along and tell you something to make the situation work they genuinely believe that mm. um you're in they the right do. so sometimes it can exacerbate that situation can't it it definitely can and one of the things i think that people perhaps forget in family law is that it's very much a case-by-case jurisdiction where judges have a lot of discretion so just because it happened that way with that family doesn't mean yes. it will happen that way with this family so um, you know I spend a lot of time saying well I understand that that's what happened to 
those people that you've been speaking with, but mm. in this circumstance for you and for this reason, it's not going to be like that. And, and that can I be also, difficult. Yes. I also spend a lot of time <laughs> saying <laughs> that to people um, on yes. the group that, you know, every situation is unique. So please get professional ad- advice. And to the point where we actually don't post, we have a approved post on there. We have to approve anything that goes on and we do actually disapprove posts if we feel that there's going to be a whole heap of well-meaning advice from other single mums mm. but it's not going to be the correct advice and that's why we have new way lawyers come on every Wednesday evening because mm. they do have an opportunity to get the right advice correct advice which is mm. um, based on their situation on that post and then they can move further on and get advice off of your lunch with the lawyer Facebook group or also go on and book that 20 minute chat with a lawyer and um, but it's just mm. about pushing people in the direction of professional support by all means come and share with us that you, you know you're having a bit you're going through a bit of stress and did anyone else feel this way because we can help with things like that but we can't offer professional advice so just be mm. really careful um and yeah I, I say it a lot as well um <laughs> my last question for you is um so you've got this couple some parenting orders have been breached and you've been through mediation and perhaps a court and you've got things changed and you're back on track and you're you're trying to follow the orders but the other parent breaches the orders again and maybe mm. again and again and again and yeah. it means they clearly have no regard for family law because by that point of time I think they probably know what they're doing and they know the importance of these orders um Mm. so how can we continue parenting um Mm. in this way and under those circumstances where the other parent is just breaching orders constantly Mm. i think it's important to keep a record of what's happening um because you know best intentions you won't actually remember when the time comes to give an account um what exactly happened on what exact date so if it's an ongoing problem it's good to keep detailed records um just i often um suggest to my clients they just go and buy a a diary uh, Mm. like a um, calendar type diary and just note down yeah missed on this day for this reason or see email on this date this happened or they were two hours late returning the child and just so that it builds a bit of a picture so that you can be quite accurate down the track if you're asked to write enough for David or something like that so that's one thing you can do um, another thing that parents can consider is how they communicate um, it might be the case that there's a continual breakdown occurring because parties just find it so difficult to talk to each other and there's such a history of um, misunderstanding and um, perhaps aggression there that it just doesn't work so if there's a way to facilitate the communication between them that may go some way to alleviating um, like this constant pattern so there are there are parenting apps that are available um, Mm -hmm. which I've seen put to good use um, where parties can communicate just through the app so they're not you know having their stomach churn every time they open their emails is they're going to yes. be an email today mm-hmm. um, so there are quite a lot of um, both um, subscription-based and free parenting apps and, and no doubt um, your listeners will be familiar with some of those so that can be quite good there is also a service out there called a parenting coordinator um, this is someone who you uh, approach to help parents comply with orders so that's just a service that exists you can google that um, and essentially they act as a bit of a go-between in some high conflict situations so they they will be the one ringing 
mum um, or dad and saying, hey, the other parent has said, you know, that this is a bit of a problem. What can we do? And sometimes just having that third party scrutiny of their conduct um, is, is enough to kind of help pull them into line and, and help diffuse some of those um, misunderstandings that could occur in their communication and then lead to a breach. It's also important, I think, when you're making orders um, or considering changing orders, that you give careful thought to um, whether you are happy with the arrangements or perhaps more accurately can live with the arrangements that are being made um, because people are simply more likely to stick to things that are practical for them in their circumstances um, and appropriate for their circumstances. There's no point, for example, um, agreeing to a situation where, you know, um, the child spends half of each week with dad, but dad actually spends every second week commuting to Sydney or something like that. Um, so you would find yourself continually frustrated that you've made plans, but, you know, dad's travel arrangements are, are unpredictable and you never know really what's going to happen. So it's important that you sort of think through what the arrangements are going to be. Yeah. Um, and of course, if the breaching still continues, it's mediation. And again, um, yeah. perhaps you need to go to court um, and in all circumstances, get legal advice. Yeah, it's that back on the back on the circuit again, isn't it? So it, it what you're really saying is. is that if you can you can prevent the breaching by really getting those parenting orders right first of all, and maybe saying rather than thinking about yourself and your kids, make sure you put some time into your ex partner and the kids, and you know rather than creating orders that are, as you say, probably quite hard for him to follow. Maybe. Mm. Um, take some time to think is he going to be capable of doing that because if he isn't there's no point trying to get these no orders point. signed off and trying to work through them. so maybe in some cases you can prevent some of these problems happening by thinking outside of the box and really taking more time over those orders i know we all want to get it over the line and we just want to move on with our lives as single parents onto a, mm. a new stage of our lives um but yeah and also it's really good the advice about keeping a record I think even you know it must be so annoying when court orders are breached just being able to write it in a book <laughs> make me feel mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. or make a yes. note of it on something it would actually make me feel better that I'm oh, I've, I've written it down so yes I've got that all recorded so that could probably help with your men mental state of mind over the fact that once again a court order has been breached and your lawyer will be very grateful. Oh, yes. A nice <laughs> to have an accurate historical record. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> You'd, would we get an A and a gold star if we come oh, with that? And a cappuccino, I'd say. Oh, oh well. <laughs> and sprinkles of chocolate, I hope. Definitely. Oh, Shavings <laughs> of the real thing. Yes. <laughs> they'll, all be, they'll all be logging in and looking for a, a, a co parenting app. And um, by the way, there is a. Um, a there are a couple of lists of co-parenting apps on the Beanstalk website, both the mm. free and the paid ones. So people can go on there and get a really clear rundown of, um, of what there is available and which one's best for you and your circumstances. But look, Eustacia, um, that's all we've got time for. Our timing's pretty good today. I'm sorry to any listeners. I've got um, a, a man blowing leaves outside my window. Um, he comes every couple of weeks and he blows imaginary leaves around. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he does it. I find it quite 
quite fascinating. It's a, the <laughs> set of apartments next door to me. Um, and I kind of worry about their body corporate rates and feel like saying, do you know he comes and blows nothing around for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to anybody who, who who can hear who heard that noise he has finally stopped uh, but before you go you Stacia, can you kindly tell us a little bit about new way lawyers and where people can find you although most of our listeners probably do know a lot about new way lawyers because you're on our beanstalk platforms a lot um, but for anyone who hasn't can you just let them know Yes, certainly. So you can find us on the web. Um, if you were to Google New Way Lawyers, um, we will pop up fairly early in the piece. We have branch offices um, dotted around Brisbane, but we also um, service clients Australia-wide. Um, we have quite good um, ability to service um, clients remotely. So I myself have clients from far north Queensland to as far south as Melbourne. Uh, I've had some in Perth. Um, so you can find us online um, and we do have the Lunch with the Lawyer um, group as well where you can get some advice and we have a 20 minute free consultation. So if you would like to make a phone inquiry or send us an inquiry via the website, then um, please do so and we can set up a time to have that 20 minute free consultation with you. I'm located in the Indrapilly branch um, of New Way Lawyers. You'll see that on our website. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. You are just brilliant. All the support that you offer to people. Um, and in addition to that, we also have New Way Lawyers, as I mentioned, every Wednesday evening on the Single Mum Vine, answering questions simply to help uh, single mums um, with their situations. And sometimes that's all you need is a little bit of clarification around the situation that you're in to put you in the right on the right path. So Eustacia, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Um, thanks for sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and of course, your valuable time with us. Lucy, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I'll let you get back to that crazy countdown to Christmas where we really want to be <laughs> relaxing, but we can't because everything's so busy in the single, single parent world or the family law That's world. It. <laughs> That's it. And, <laughs> and to the single mums listening, it really is a shame that I see so many single mothers asking what to do if their ex breaches parenting orders. So much so that I decided to do this whole podcast on it. But that's what I've done. Uh, so I truly hope it helps if you're in need of this kind of support. The main message here is to get good legal advice to do things the right way. Also right. uphold your values, be the better person and always, always put the well-being of your children first. Well said, Lucy. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, and, and remember, um, if you've not visited my website, beanstalkmums.com.au, make sure you do. Not only will you find more podcasts like this, but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey, including my e-course, where you can get more in-depth and personalised support from me. And one final point before we leave you, if this podcast has helped you, please take just 30 seconds to rate and review it. The more reviews we can get, the easier the podcasts are to find by other single mums who need support, guidance and companionship on their single mother journeys. Until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>